the sea hit us on the port side all the way aft and forced the boat over to the side. I mean, it went over pretty far. Then another sea hit right after that, boom. And the boat went right sideways. I mean, it laid, Jim fell from the passenger seat on top of me oh my God. Um, because the boat was sideways. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast, your birth to the best stories of boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought-provoking trend discussions, as well as interviews with the most interesting characters to fly the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway, we're glad to have you aboard. Welcome to the Power and Motor Yacht Podcast. I'm Simon Murray, and today I'm joined by a very special guest slash friend, Mr. Uncharted Waters, Mr. Really Mr. Power Motor Yacht himself, my uh, colleague, Bill Pike. Bill, it's such a pleasure to just talk to you about your career because, you know, this is kind of a auspicious moment in that career. Today's your last final day as a full-time editor what the hell, man? What does that feel like? Well, you know, somebody asked me about that the other day. My uh, One of my fly fishing friends, George, uh, you know, I don't feel a lot different. I'm, I'm going to continue doing Uncharted Waters, and, uh, which I, I really enjoy doing that. And because uh, it's kind of based on, uh, you, you know, the fun I have on board my boat, my own boat. So I'm going to continue doing that. And I probably do a few features per year, but, uh, but I'm just kind of dialing it back a little bit, I guess you'd say. I, 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 what I said to George is, I don't really, I don't sense a difference so far. I'm excited about, you know, I wanted to uh, do a book. So I've been kind of doing it on the side for a while and I'm looking forward to maybe uh, completing that little jewel. And, uh, and then, uh, the way it's worked out, you know, I've been working on this uh, Cape Dory 28 Flybridge for about six years now. <laughs> you, don't, you don't say, wow. It's quite a long project. So where I'm at with that project right now, I've got more or less a Bristol condition Cape Dory 28 Flybridge. But the house that we live in, which I sometimes call the Ranchero, has gone to rack and ruin. <laughs> So what and, you're saying uh, is, Bill, you've, you've put more time and energy into your Cape Dory than the house. I, I think our listeners will be shocked to hear that. Yeah, I'm yeah being it, is, it is shocking. And just in case you don't believe me, this very morning, uh, my wife, BJ, reinforced the idea that, you know, now that you're not spending so much time working for the magazine, there are quite a few projects around the house that have been <laughs> let go that need to be addressed. Did you so, tell BJ that you're still full time? She's really taking advantage. She's she's yeah, she uh, is. she's talking to you way before. This is you know we're still full time right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, I've often I BJ is smarter than I am. It's just the way it is. I recognize that. I mean, we've been married a long time, but I recognize probably about halfway through the our marriage that she's probably smarter than I am and she can outsmart me pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take long to get really acquainted with, with you, Bill. 
And I, I think that speaks to how outgoing you are and how friendly you are. And I think someone who, who gains, you know, your trust and your friendship quickly realizes that you're a man who, who loves to pour his heart and soul into a salty vessel. Uh, so I think, <laughs> I, think it, I caught on to that pretty quickly. Uh, but like you said, you know, you're not, you're not going away, but this does feel kind of like a farewell tour. And, and, you know, you mentioned your uncharted, your column that you've been doing for, right. We yep. talked about that, you know, five, five or six years now, um, which is so great. It's like, it's like a microcosm of it's, or it's like allowing the, the reader to enter into your headspace almost. And um, I know, you know, the, my family are big fans of, of reading your, uh, your work. And they always, they've said to me in the past that reading Bill Pike's column is like, you, you feel like, you know, him, like, you feel like they feel like they know you and they've never even met you because, you know, you're just so honest and um, you add a lot of colloquialisms and, you know, you're, you're just very casual in what you're saying, but it's got much deeper meaning on the philosophical side and the technical side and all that stuff. So I'd like this, you know, this podcast episode to be kind of like uncharted and just the two of us, you know, kicking it and, uh, you know, talking about your career because, you know, I, I was looking online at your bio uh, that could be found on powermotoryacht.com. And uh, mm -hmm. it said, before coming to Power Motor Yacht Magazine in 1988, Captain Bill Pike served on a variety of ships, offshore oil field vessels, and ocean-going tugs. The funny thing is that in 1988, when you started at the magazine, I was born. That's amazing, Simon, that really. Gives you some perspective. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been in this job uh longer than i've been alive pretty damn crazy so it is pretty crazy <clears throat> you would so, think i had learned something <laughs> i don't know about that really i was thinking this morning i was walking the dog i was thinking to myself you know i think i'm slowly but surely regaining my immaturity <laughs> which is great though i think that's uh, that's another thing that makes you so magnetic is that you know for me you know not to <laughs> not try to steal the spotlight but to give our listeners a little idea like when i first started you know five years ago and i went out on a cruise with you that we talk about on the saint john's river it really speaks to like who you are as a person because you were so you know you do have that magnetic you know personality of someone who hasn't lost their childhood and who's willing to go on adventures and you also aren't this like stuck up boater who has learned all these lessons throughout their life and all the you know bad times and the good times and the things that have gone wrong and gone good and you don't you don't like meet that out with punishment you were always so open and willing to take the time to instruct me so I really appreciate it. Um, and I think it speaks so much to who you are as a person because other people, you know, could have been in that job and just kind of tilted their nose up and been really snooty about, you know, learning the most basic rudimentary things. I remember you were teaching me random stuff at, uh, oh my God, what's that, what's that favorite breakfast place that you like? Cracker Barrel. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you are a man of, a man who loves breakfast and I am too, but yeah, yeah. you're, you're showing diagrams using the salt shaker and different stuff. And it was just so helpful. It really, you know, 
opened my yeah. eyes to the job and made it a lot more fun and, and understanding. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, God, when I was uh, a little, when I was a little kid, my parents, um, for a while, we owned a camp on uh, Adirondack Lake. I grew up in the Adirondack Mountains of northern New York State. We had a camp up there on the lake. And there was a guy, we had a small boat. We had like a 17-foot runabout. But there was a, one of my dad's friends owned a, um, a cruiser, which was, you know, wild, man, a cruiser. And it had, a, you know, a pretty big outboard, like, you know, maybe 40, 30, 30, 40 horsepower, which was huge, you know, on that lake. And, um, and I just remember going out for a, um, a ride on that cruiser and, uh, and thinking to myself, you know, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Wow. I love this is so, this is just wonderful. I love it. What and, age were you? Uh, How young were you? I don't even know, Simon. I was probably, you know, seven, six, seven years old. Wow. It was just, it was just, uh, just the whole thing. I, I, it was like, I want to keep doing this. And, and if you, if you love something that much, you, you like to, you know, at least for me, anyway, I like to share it with other people, you know, to maybe give them the chance to enjoy something as much as I do, you know, so, and I, I've always, what I, what I've always tried to do in that column, I guess, is I don't think it's, I don't want to be, you know, this expert trying to prove my own expertise and, and uh, you know, uh, I, I just, I don't think that's a, a very good way to share uh, with other people. Um, it's like, you kind of got to mix it up with them, you know, and, and, and remember where, <laughs> well, I've, I've certainly made a few mistakes uh, out there on the water myself, you know, and kind of remember, hey, what it was like, you know, so, uh, yeah, it was very kind words, though, you, you just got through saying. <laughs> well, and all true, and, and that magnanimous kind of attitude that you have, and, and that ability to be a teacher is so, is so, uh, you know, nice and endearing, and I think that's why you're so beloved. Actually, really quick uh, anecdote about that, what really opened my eyes when I first started was we were uh, at the Miami boat show probably six years ago, five or six years ago uh, when it was still on Collins Ave. And right. uh, we had just got gotten done cruising probably, you know, maybe the year before or a few months before. And we're all walking uh, a group of editors and uh, with you, obviously. And this guy across the street, we see him like crossing the street. It's like, it's Miami at night, a younger guy, and uh, he's shuffling towards us really quickly. And uh, I'm like, oh, God, what's about to happen? He goes, <laughs> he goes, Bill Pike? That's Bill Pike. And he rushed over to you. He shook your hand. He goes, I've been a fan of yours for X amount of years. And, uh, you know, he was so happy to meet you in person. And then he walks off. And I was just, <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, what the hell just happened? Like power <laughs> editors are that big of a celebrity in this, in this part of the world. I, I just was dumbfounded that that could possibly be a thing, but it just speaks to 
I think it just speaks to you and how much, you know, you know about this uh, pastime and, uh, and, you know, so not to be like, not to be like James Lipton from inside the actor's studio, but, you know, just to go through a little bit of your career, it's like, do you remember your first boat test? We, we're, we're talking 88. So this is quite a few years ago, quite a yeah. few decades ago, but do you remember what that was, what you first tested, what the model was, year was? I, I cannot remember my first boat test really, but I remember some of the first boat tests. I rem remember uh, we did, we used to do these rallies and uh, back then, uh, you know, in 88, 89, uh, we did, we did a rally uh, on Sarasota Bay. And uh, at that time, Richard Thiel, I think was like the executive editor or something. I don't know what, what, what his title, I can't remember what his title was, but <clears throat> anyway, Richard was kind of running the show. And there were these guys that had this bass boat that had this, <laughs> this kind of outrageous power on it and uh and he said well bill why don't you uh why don't you you test that and it's like whoa man <laughs> we, were, so we were testing bass boats back in the day i did not know that yeah this was probably i don't know 28 foot something like that and i can't even remember what the horsepower was but it was significant and this bass boat would do like 80 miles 80 some miles an hour what the and heck? I remember driving the thing and thinking, my God, it's like <laughs> it's, it's like driving a flying barn door. I mean, it was <laughs> there was hardly any boat in the water at wide open throttle, and it was so much fun. Oh, I was like, God. oh Lord, man, this is a good job. I better not lose this job. I mean, if you can do stuff like this as part of your job, ooh, good, good. <laughs> that's such a good metaphor because that's what it feels like if you've ever been on one of those things it's like if they're cranking it and you're gunning it you really feel like any little bump will just send you toppling yeah. backwards about the only thing in the water was the propeller and <laughs> you know the bottom half of the propeller right. and um but then this is funny this is funny i don't know i think in a way it might give somebody a little hope if they're you know kind of young and and uh maybe getting into the business. Um, but uh, so, so I had been working on tugboats, you know, ocean going tugs for quite some while. And, you know, we'd, we'd go off on a trip, we'd go to South America or wherever we were going. And we might, the uh, ocean going tugs are not that fast. <laughs> so the trips were long. And there'd be, uh, you know, between 12 and 15 guys on this tug and you hear, you hear the same story probably about 15 times, you know, on the, anyway, decided, I decided I was kind of missing a little bit of life. You know, I, I really enjoyed being at sea. I loved it. But then again, you know, if you're at sea, you're not, you know, you're not around and you, you know, I kind of just felt like I was getting a little alienated from society. So <clears throat> I changed it up a bit, but you know, I've been, I don't know how to put this, but the crowd I were I worked with were they were great guys really, but they're you know maybe a little rough and ready, and so I got this job with Powered Motor Yacht Magazine. <laughs> it's like 
oh Lord, how did that happen? You know, I just answered an ad in the New York Times. I didn't think they'd hire me. An ad in the New York Times. That's how long ago. That's what that that, blows the mind about the the legacy of your career plus this this magazine. It's like you were answering an ad in the Times. Wow, it's unbelievable. And I was I was living with some friends, so like an old army buddy, my friend Brian, that we're still really good friends, and his wife at the time, Susie. And uh, and I guess Susie, I was wearing a little on their nerves. <laughs> and Susie found the ad in the New York Times, and she said, "You know, Bill, you uh, I was about forty years old. You know, you you need to get yourself a job." <laughs> and the implication was move it move on out buddy Get the hell out of here yeah really and so okay so i went down to i was living i was living in um westchester county got on the train and i had my clothes were all florida clothes so i didn't have a coat to wear and brian had this pea coat and he said here here wear this man this uh, this keep you warm so i had that pea coat and i i gotta tell you I, this is this is probably bragging, but I look really salty in that pea coat. <laughs> I mean, I look like, you know, Captain Bly or something. Anyway, I got the job. You know, Bonnie O'Boyle, who was the editor-in-chief of Power and Motor Yacht at that time, hired me. And I always thought it had to do with that. You know, that was that pea coat got me the job. So we're, so. we're attributing this long-term success and this long-term career to, to a, a peacoat. A friend's, yeah. not even yours, a friend's peacoat. Yeah. That's but I, I, I digress, which is one part of my charm. But anyway, sure. so the first assignment I got was the Bertram Hatteras shootout, which back then in 1988 was a high, high, high dollar event. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it was, it was a long way, let us say, from ocean going tugs. <laughs> And so there I was at the, um, and they had these, you know, they had parties every night. And I suppose I was a little bit put off or scared or, you know, whatever. I don't know. But uh, I was, uh, I had just gotten through interacting with rather lamely with somebody. (laughs) And and there was a, uh, there was a a rather experienced, I don't remember if she was a journalist or what she might have been at the time. Maybe but public relations or something. Like maybe that. she was in PR. I, she might have been in PR, but she'd been around for a while. And she drew me aside, you know, after she'd seen what had just gone on, you know, I was, and she said, you know, uh, Mr. Pike, I don't think you really have a... Uh, I don't think you have a chance of making it in this business. I mean, I think maybe you should, you should find another line of work because, oh boy, you're just, you're just a little rough. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, and, you know, defiance is one of my hallmark characteristics. And I, you know, I kind of, Kind of the peacoat was part of, you know, why I continued to, why I got the job. But what that lady told me was part of the reason I continued. To <laughs> By God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna succeed at this no matter what. So not a, not a petty or determined person whatsoever. It really, yeah, <laughs> clearly not. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder, cause, cause you don't come across as rough at all now. I wonder what was said or what, I don't know. You probably don't remember exactly here, but maybe you were just so used to life, uh, you know, at the sea, like you're saying, and you just didn't know how to, well, lose, you know? Yeah. I think I may have, I don't know, Simon, I can't really remember what, what it was. Um, but you know, I think basically I was somewhat intimidated. I mean, I had never, this was a level of living that I'd never been exposed to. And, you know, uh, well, maybe way back when I'd been in the newspaper business. I'd been a newspaper reporter before I went to the Maritime Academy. But I was pretty young then. And, uh, you know, I, I'd, uh, you know, I'd interviewed, I interviewed like the governor of New York State one time and stuff like that. But this was kind of, this was, this was a milieu that was beyond my ken. And, um, and I was a little put off by it or something, you know. But then I guess at some point I realized, you know, these people are into boats just like me. <laughs> right. Which the is boats, nice. boats are bigger. And, you know, and I, I ran into these people, uh, the captain of uh, Bertram's boat, uh, Pierre Pierce and his wife. They were so kind to me on that trip. I mean, it was like really great. And we, we actually... Uh, I think we won one of the, you know, we won something one day. I can't remember exactly what it was. Well, to that point, you know, even the most, the nicest, most luxurious super yacht has an engine room, you know? So there's always going to be some commonality in some place that you can, you know, yeah. relate and uh, use, you know, that salty knowledge to, you know, really, you know, either put a boat through its paces, figure out, you know, what makes it run, how does it run the best, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. what's the best cruising speed, you're always going to be able to find some commonality to relate to. Because like you said, that's what fuels all of us is this interest in being at sea, whether it's a small bass boat that can go 80 miles an hour or the biggest mega yacht you could find. So here's a couple more questions. I, and I wonder if you have anything in mind, but I was going to ask you what your what your all-time favorite boat test was, and then on the flip side, what the gnarliest boat test was, whether it was something that went wrong or interaction similar to uh, that very kind PR lady who was hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you, you clearly did not have a future uh, in, in boat tests. <laughs> That's an interesting, you know, I never... I've never considered the first question. The second question, I got, I've got an answer in mind. <laughs> the first question, um, for some reason, uh, I always felt it was like part of the deal. I would try to, you know, on a boat test, I would um, either at the beginning or the end, uh, I would ask the, you know, captain, whoever was running the boat, hey, can I uh, dock it? You know, can I? dock this boat and uh, usually they'd let me do it and uh, but I was always really nervous about it you know and I still have this kind of mixture of feelings about boat handling on the one hand I really love it but on the other hand paradoxically enough it frightens me to some extent and I guess that's you know, maybe that's common. I don't know. Oh, but, um, but anyway, this particular boat was a 72-footer. 
and it was behind uh, the marina at um, the marina was in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and uh, it's right behind uh, at that time behind a, a place called Pier Sixty Six, big mm -hmm. hotel, you know. Yeah. And, and it was a little dicey, you know. When we left, you know, you had to make some turns and do some stuff to get the boat out of there. Fairly good sized boat, and uh, so. Anyway, I drove by the night before <laughs> to see where that boat was, see how bad this was going to be. And then I remember, you know, I, I don't know, I used to love to stay at the uh, uh, one of the hotels right on the right on the river and uh, in Fort Lauderdale. And I, I, you know, went to the window, got up early, couldn't sleep, get up early, Just thinking about pull it. the curtains back look at the palm trees and see how much they're moving. You know, how, what kind of wind we dealing with today? Oh, geez. Oh man, the wind is whipping. And on top of that, it's like raining. It's, oh, geez. Oh. So I go over there, you know, but I got this agreement with myself that, Hey, I gotta, I gotta dock this boat, you know? So anyway, it, it worked out fine. It was, uh, it's, what I've discovered in this, and I think other captains might say this, the larger the boat, the easier it is to handle. One of the toughest boats that I ever tried to dock was what we call, what we used to call a maxi cube cruiser. And it was like, I don't know, 27 feet with an inboard, with a single inboard outboard uh, drive unit on it. And, you know, a lot, a lot of windage. I mean, Man, with the wind blowing, that thing was like almost uncontrollable. And but you know, a bigger boat with twin engines and everything, very and a bow thruster. Uh, that seventy-two footer was it was just a great deal of satisfaction. It, I just think back about you know, um, think back to that test. I'll, just every now and again, it'll go through my mind. It was like that was that was fun. That was. That was great. Now, the second part of your question, or the second question, I guess, <laughs> this was back, uh, well, it was, there was this, this hurricane called Hurricane Lenny. And uh, it took place in November, I forget what year this was, but it was, you know, at least maybe 10, 15 years ago. So Hurricane Lenny is cranking up. And I, I'm going by, I run into this guy at the, I guess it was the Lauderdale Boat Show. His name was Tommy McCoy. And Tommy's really salty soul. And Tommy said, hey man, you wanna take a boat ride? I said, well, where to? He said, Virgin Islands. He said, from where? He said, here. And I said, well, you know, let me see what I can do. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I worked it out and we left, uh, we left from 15th Street Fisheries. The boat was parked. It was brand new. The engine hadn't even been cranked until it got put in the water. Okay. Brand new Nordic Tug 42. And we're going to take it to the Virgin Islands. The wind, we, we had dinner at the, uh, and I had the stone crabs because, you know, that place does stone crabs really well. So I had a stone crab dinner. And, uh, and then we climbed on the boat about, I don't know, 11 o'clock, whenever the restaurant closed, we went out, got on the boat, cranked her up, 
and headed for the Virgin Islands. This was a, <laughs> so this was a uh, late night crossing. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was running all, you know, day and night to get there. Mm. And there were three of us on board. Jim Crass, who was the president of, at the time of Nordic Tugs, and, um, and Tommy and myself. And we were all going to share the watches. We were going to set up a watch system, and, <clears throat> which we did. But we, we hit the end of the jetties uh, at, uh, at Fort Lauderdale. And the seas were probably 18 feet at the jetties, you know. Oh maybe 18 to 20 feet. And it's about from there to North Rock, uh, which is just north of Bimini. And this is about 47 nautical miles, something like that, 46, 47 nautical miles. It took us all night. We, made, we got there about 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh. And we were all on the flying bridge because nobody dared to go down below because, you know, something might happen and uh and we all wanted to know what was going on all the time so we get to we're all sitting on the flying bridge it had been a long night and uh it's still said, raining windy rain it was raining and oh. you know it was we were freezing cold it's november oh. you know <laughs> and uh and i said boys pardon me i'll, I'll i'm gonna go below for just a second and I went down the ladder to the cockpit, leaned over, and committed those stone crabs to the deep. <laughs> but it sounds like they—it sounds like they lasted for quite a while until they—they they did. They made it. Board. You know, they made the crossing, but we had to part ways just north of Bimini. Unfortunately, they didn't get to see the—you know—the Bahamas. But yeah, yeah, that's that's unreal. I think I think if it was me, once we hit the jetty, I think I would have wanted to go turn turn around. Yeah, I wondered about that, to be truthful. Yeah. And when we got to, we got, we got to Nassau and we were going to pull in there and I forget what we were going to do. Um, I don't think we needed to take on fuel, but maybe we did. I don't know. Uh, but we pulled into Nassau and we tied up at this place called Hole in the Wall. And we, Tommy and I, to get into Nassau, was, I mean, there was so much water coming, salt water coming over the flying bridge, neither of us could see anymore. Oh I mean, if you God. get that much salt water in your eyes, you really need goggles, but we didn't have them. Right. So we couldn't, you couldn't tell where the lights were. But anyway, Tommy was really good. Tommy was good. And, and we got in there and we tied up in front of this place, a hole in the wall, and was walked in. And I mean, we looked like we had drowned rats. I mean, and, and this place was full of these tourists, you know, that were there to, I don't know, they were going to, uh, you know, they were, they were looking around, they were nicely dressed, they looked, you know, and it was like, they wondered like, what are these guys doing here? What, who are they? It's like so, the, uh, it's like the all-inclusive resort goers meet the drowned corpses of, of like, die hard yeah. boaters so anyway we all sit down and this guy comes out to take our order we're sitting there like dripping water on the floor and everything and he and he gets around to me and i said well what i would like you to do is go in back there into the kitchen get a big big glass of water i mean big the biggest glass you got fill it with ice 
and then pour in water and then come on back out here and throw it in my face because then I will feel, I'll feel right at home. Did he take you up on that request? Because that would no, be no, something he, else. he took a pass on that. <laughs> but, but that trip, I mean, at one point, I mean, we almost, I mean, I guess we came pretty close to losing that boat. Wow. Um, we were in this area of the Bahamas called the Tongue of the Ocean. And the water in that area is thousands of feet deep. Your depth sound, our depth sounder just went, you know, nothing. So, and we're, you know, they're, they're like complicated swells going every which way, uh, in part due probably to the proximity of this hurricane, which was called wrong way, Lenny, because it was defying all uh, conventional hurricaneism. Mm. And uh, anyway, we, we were, I was steering at the time and Jim was sitting in the passenger seat. We were on the flying bridge. Tommy was down below trying to, trying to, we couldn't cook or anything like that. We couldn't even make coffee. We were eating, you know, those little packets that, you know, cause we needed coffee, but so we were, you know, eating coffee. <laughs> oh. That's like the worst part of the whole story. <laughs> anyway, Tommy was down trying to get rest, you know, and um, the sea hit us on the port side all the way out and forced the boat over to the side. I mean, it went over pretty far. Then another sea hit right after that, boom, and the boat went right sideways. I mean, it laid, Jim fell from the passenger seat on top of me. Oh my God. Um, because the boat was sideways and I was spinning the wheel, you know, the steering wheel back to port to get the boat to come back up. Tommy was yelling and hollering from below and, uh, and that boat just kind of hung there and shuddered for quite some while. And then finally she right came in. back up. Wow. It was like, did you ever write about this story in Uncharted or in a review? Not really the whole, not like I just described it. I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was about a, and there was no, I mean, if we'd have gone over, there was the, you know, November, uh, there was, we were probably, we we're, you know, it wasn't going to be good, let's say. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I've never heard that story. That's uh, unreal. I mean, the <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes you probably second guess just jumping at the chance to take on any kind of crossing or anything going forward, right? I'm sure you were afterwards, you were eagle eyed looking at the forecast and forever after, or maybe not. I don't know. Not so much. <laughs> You did say earlier that you felt like you haven't learned that much. So maybe no. it's, it's, I think it's good and bad, right? It's like, it if, is good. If somebody bad. else, somebody else would have experienced that and been like, you know what, man, arms up. This is not for me. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I pushed myself past the limit and I'm not interested. Thank you very much. I'm out. Mm -hmm. You after that, you were like, you know, pour some cold water in my face. Give me a real hot coffee and let's, Let's get back out there. I'm sure. So yeah, yeah. That says nope. a lot. Nordhaven 
they, they had just introduced a new 35 footer and it was a beautiful, I really liked that boat. And I talked Jim Leishman at Nordhaven into loaning it to me for, you know, a couple of weeks. And I took that boat from Miami, had a stone crab dinner before that, <laughs> before we left. And they, they continued to repose, you know, where they were I'm, stored. I'm sensing and, a pattern with your, uh, with your <laughs> cuisine pre-boat test, but yeah. No, really. <laughs> but uh, that was just a wonderful, the weather was beautiful, you know, it was just great. We, uh, we stopped, we went down through the Berry Islands uh, from Bullocks Harbor. Uh, I think it was Hoffman's Key. We went in there and there was this little restaurant. The only way you could get to it was by boats called Flo's Conk Bar. And, you know, we dropped anchor in there and went to Flo's for peas and rice and conch salad. And, you know, I mean, it was just a wonderful trip. And, you know, we dropped the boat off in Nassau and, uh, and flew home. That was, you know, no, it was just absolutely great. There was nothing, nothing happened on that ship trip that wasn't fun. If you, and I'm not saying this is going to ever happen, but if it does, if you ever sell your Cape Dory, I feel like would Nordhaven be the next boat or do you have a different model in mind? Do you even have a model in mind? Or, or Well, well uh, now, Katie Krogan doesn't build the boat anymore, unfortunately, but they built a, a boat called the Katie Krogan 39. And that would be, uh, if I could talk them into building one for me, you know, they, I'm guessing they probably still have the molds and everything, but that, you know, I would, I've been trying to get BJ to live on a boat for a long time. I think maybe that boat I could, I mean, it'd be ideal for two people. I mean, very, uh, you'd have to put your stuff in storage for a while, but I wouldn't mind living on that boat for a couple of years, actually. Is that live, live aboard lifestyle now that you're, you know, semi-retired or planning out this next part of your life you're still going to be writing like you said earlier but is that is that live aboard lifestyle in the cards potentially would you guys do that absolutely if i could talk bj into it oh you know, one, per, one I, person says absolutely the other person i don't know i think she's the <laughs> one that you have to convince i would uh, toss this list of you know things that need doing around the ranchero that'd be gone. Let it go out the window and <laughs> sell this place. And, you know, but I, I gotta, you know, I've been working on this plan for 30 some years, 30, uh, you know, almost 35 years. And I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, Hey, I haven't given up hope. You know, so there, there still could be a Betty Jane three in the cars, potentially. It's possible. It's possible. It's okay. Possible. Yeah. Okay. It's possible. It's possible. It, and kind of going back into the vaults of all the things that you've done, is there any other stories that stick out to you? Any ones that you've, you've written about in Uncharted or ones similar to the one you just described about that crossing to the Bahamas where, you know, it never really made it into print because it was too harrowing to add to the <laughs> test? Well, um, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I was, you know, you kind of talked to me a little bit about it, that we were going to do this. So I'm thinking about it. And, you know, things don't have to be 
So there doesn't have to be that much daring do involved uh, often. And um, I can't remember who had this idea, but I think it was Dan Hardy. You know, we were at the, uh, I can't remember you, you know, you and I and Dan and the Axopar 37. Yes. Was that Miami or Fort Lauderdale? That was Miami. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're, we're cruising around early in the morning and I swear it was Dan, you know, he had this idea that we could put together this little video featuring Captain Crunch cereal. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, before the, before doing this, uh, uh, this podcast, I, I watched the video <laughs> You know, and you were driving. I don't know how fast you were going. Do you remember how fast you? Uh, pretty fast. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it could have been anywhere from 30 to 35 knots, I, I want to say. I mean, it was, it was pretty fast. It could have been even faster, but I think yeah. I, was, I was consciously trying because we were making turns a little bit. I was consciously trying to kind of, you know, decrease the speed into the turns because I didn't want you guys to get injured. but as happens you know i'm sure you'll continue telling this well i think it was just it was this idea that you know could you eat captain crunch from a bowl with a spoon at you know 35 knots with a you know the 35 knot headwinds <laughs> and it was i don't know it's really just it's like kind of silly yeah but it was so much fun i remember just having a ball doing that but that's the, you know, what we were talking about earlier, which is like that childhood energy and spirit that you have that, some, mm -hmm. you know, suffices. Or, oh, there's Champ. There's the, uh, there's the dog himself. Uh, but no, it's, it's just that energy that, you know, lives inside of you that other people would say eating cereal on the bow. That's, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. But, but you, you know, with all your infinite wisdom and all the, the knowledge that you've gained from these past experiences, you know, you throw that to the side and say, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Let's do it. And uh, I think it was better off for it. I mean, I think, you know, something, I think, was it the cereal bowl or something hit you in the head? You did come something up, like that. Yeah. Walked away with, you know, a little bit of, you know, a little gash in your head, but yeah. uh, you know, I think all in all, it was a, it was a really fun time. And yeah, I mean, it, I, I can't really, you know, say, say it enough, Bill, that, you know, you're that energy and that spirit that you bring is, is speaks volumes. And I think it really does, um, you know, it, it impacts the entire team from someone who has been such a veteran uh, with the magazine, who's seen so much change in the magazine itself right. and that you still have, you know, you wake up every day and you say, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'll go to, wherever sweden or where, you know wherever mm -hmm. it is you know you're, you're willing to pack your bags and head for it australia and uh test all manner of boats it's kind of a new era with you kind of transitioning into more mm -hmm. of this you know freelancer role but um i hope that uh you know your spirit kind of pervades through pmy and i think it does i think you know that willingness to you know not be unsafe but to you know, push the limit and have fun doing it in different directions, whether it's with cereal or whatever the case may be. I'm certainly not going out into hurricane mixed seas, but 
you know, other stuff. Yes, I, I'm I'm willing to, <laughs> I'm willing to follow your lead. Um, the uh, the um, you use the phrase infinite wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Simon, how infinite. I was just thinking when you said that at the start of the uh, the last war in Iraq, I was reading a newspaper or something. I don't know. I found that the Coast Guard has like almost 2,000 people, like 1,700 people in Iraq guarding the coast. I was like, hmm, sounds like a story for Power Motor Yacht. Of course. So I sold that to the editor at the time, and, uh, and, and the Coast Guard provided me with my own uh, photographer, the guy named Tom Sperduto from New Jersey. He was an excellent photographer, worked for National Geographic, too, I think. Anyway, so he and I, uh, you know, kind of hoofed it around. <laughs> so one night we're on this, uh, I think a Coast Guard cutter, or maybe it was an aircraft carrier. I don't know what it was, some kind of ship, military ship. And we're having dinner with a bunch of other journalists. And from the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNN, ta-da-da-da. And they were kind of curious about what the heck I was doing there. <laughs> but anyway, hey, uh, I'm doing a story on the Coast Guard. So there, you know, one of the one of the other journalists said, uh, just, you know, well, well, do you have war insurance? And I said, what? <laughs> war insurance. I said, no, I didn't realize there was such a thing. I don't have any war insurance. And then somebody else said, well, do you have kidnap insurance? I said, geez, no, I don't have that either. <laughs> so, you know, the wisdom of some of the things that I've done is questionable. I mean, if, it, if it's even there, I don't know. I love how that's the example. It's like, oh, man, going to a war, you know, going to a war zone and just, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's amazing, Bill. But no, I, I think, yeah, I, th I think we can all learn a lot about how to engage with life to, you know, it's all mental. Everything that you've talked about, things can be overcome and your, your outlook determines a lot of how you, you live your life. And, uh, you know, it's been a blast talking to you about your career. It's been a blast, you know, learning from you, you know, and it, it's not didactic the way you teach. A lot of the time it's just osmosis and just seeing how you, you know, test boats and, you know, the, the attention to detail that you have. And, you know, you're, you're such a dear friend, even outside of work. And that's really special because, you know, I don't think everyone can say that about uh, someone who's been on the team for so long. And I'm just so grateful to have learned so much from you. And, you know, I hope you're not a stranger going forward. And we look forward to, you know, reading your book. I know the book doesn't really have to do with boating necessarily, but I think our readers would be sorely missing out if they didn't go check it out because I'm <laughs> sure they're fans uh, just like I am of your writing and, so whatever it's about, um, that's so exciting. And uh, yeah, I mean, do you have any any closing words with your time here at PMY? I'll let you, you can end it because um, I'd love well, to hear. Uh, years ago, I was trying to set up, there was this guy, a Cajun um, uh, TV host. He was pretty popular at the time. His name was Justin Wilson. He's passed away now. And, um, you know, he was he was kind of a big deal. I mean, he had his TV show and a lot of people watched this. It was a cooking show. 
And I had lined, I was trying to set this story up on Lake Pontchartrain where we, we get Justin and a boat and we drive around Lake Pontchartrain and, and, you know, visit uh, Cajun restaurants and get Justin to tell us, talk about the food. And, you know, anyway, while I was setting the thing up, he said to me in pat in closing, he said, you know, <laughs> if it's not fun, I'm not going to bother to do it. <laughs> and I, I just think that's, I, I, I think that's a really good attitude to have toward an awful lot, an awful lot. Don't take yourself so seriously and have fun. <clears throat> and especially when it comes to testing boats. I mean, if you're not having fun, you're probably doing something wrong, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> but to, yeah. to not take yourself so so seriously is also really important too. And, you know, to, to be able to laugh at yourself, I think that that goes a long way. You know, you're one of the greatest editors to pass through this magazine and to still have that humble airs is, is huge. It's That's such a, a nice thing. And that's something to, to be applauded and something to, to look up to. And that's a good example for all the next people that are going to come through these doors uh, at Power and Motor Yacht. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be able to, to look at your, you know, all the, all the tests that you've done and the, uh, the columns that you still be still will be writing. Um, and, and I think I, I spoke to you about this recently where it's like, I think I've been here five years now going on six. And uh, I, I, I think we were maybe talking on the phone or texting. I was like, Bill, I, I really, after a certain amount of time at this magazine, it's like you realize that testing boats over and over while it's incredibly enjoyable and very fun, you kind of can get bored if you're still doing the same thing over and over again to use the same language to describe the boats. I mean, you can get in a rut. And I was like, Bill, I, I really, I, I think I've found whatever code that you cracked uh, to just really inject as much humor and and uh, into it as possible, because without that, you could kind of go crazy a little mm -hmm. bit. And and I don't know where that comes from. I guess it probably comes from a level of comfort that you get from, you know, doing it so often and just having this ability to, you know, express what you're seeing in the simplest of terms and also impart some knowledge to the reader, but also to do it with a humorous tone. It's like, I think that's the true key. And I think we all um, are trying, are striving for that. Um, and I think mm -hmm. you've done it so well. I mean, you, you, that, that casualness in your writing uh, hides such a deep iceberg of uh, knowledge that you can pull from at all times. So I think that's the, that's the, you know, that's your secret sauce. And um, yeah, it, I, it's been such a fun time reading your, your stories. I, I always, um, I'll still be looking forward to reading them. Uh, I hope you don't, you know, I want you to, to get the Betty Jane three and to live, <laughs> that live aboard life, or if not to, 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 uh, find time to clean your house and all the things you've been putting off because right. you've been, you know, you, you, you truly live it and love it, this salty life. But, uh, I, I hope you don't go off into the horizon, um, so soon. I, I hope you still, have some ties to PMY going forward. And I think uh, I speak for a lot of the, the the listeners and the readers out there. It's been such a blast, Bill. And uh, I, I guess I'm putting off ending this episode because I don't want it to end. I don't want your last, I don't want this to be your last day. It, it's such a, 
nice to have you uh, full time. But again, you know, that that's not you're not going anywhere so soon. So that's uh, that's a good thing. And maybe at some point in the near future, we can take a boat ride, Simon. I think I hopefully that's in the cards. I think there's a couple of things that we're looking into, uh, yeah. you know, maybe doing a, a deeper profile similar to this podcast and to you, if we can ever get that lined up, you know, either a cruise up the Erie canal or maybe somewhere else in the U S. So uh, we look, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to that bill. It's, it's uh it's been such a pleasure as always. Again, I don't want to end. I don't know even know how to end it, but you're, you're such a, a wonderful editor, wonderful guy. And uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you better. And to, yeah, like I was saying, to learn from your, learn from you and in, in the best of ways, which is, with humility and with humor. And, and that's such an amazing thing. Yeah, so thank you. Well, yeah. Thanks so much, Simon. Uh, you know, it's uh, been really, I've learned an awful lot from, from all the people I've had the opportunity to associate with over the years. I mean, it's been so much, most people in the boat business are pretty happy to be there. You know, it's kind of a, a long ago, I thought, well, you know, it's not, I'm not really, I, I seem to be in the toy business. And uh, the toy business is not a real bad business to be in. You know, the toys are quite expensive, but, but it is to me the toy business. And most of the people in it are pretty happy to be there. And a lot of them are really enthusiastic about, you know, their lives. So I've learned a lot from a lot of people, yourself included, Simon. And I really appreciate all the kind things you said, said about me. <laughs> Well, I mean it. And anyway, I think think you're right. I think, you know, I think most of the adults in this business are really just grown up kids, you know, or still kids Mm -hmm. at heart. I think that's Mm -hmm. why they pursue boats. They're still doing it because uh, a lifestyle on the water, boating, you know, whatever, it allows you to to keep in touch with that, that childhood and that, Mm -hmm. that side of you that that is uh, an everlasting kid. You know, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I, you know, from one kid to another, it, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, thank you so much. Has, for Simon. <laughs> I definitely will, uh, you know, don't be a stranger. I'll definitely uh, be talking to you soon about stories. I'm sure. All right, Simon. Thanks ever so much. <laughs> Take care. All right. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating. Or you share us with your friends on social media or on the VHF. Anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us. Thanks again, and until next time, we'll see you on the water.